I've asked Kayla to share a little bit with you this morning about her trip to Tanzania. Some of you supported her either through buying t-shirts or just giving her money on her mission trip to Tanzania. So I've asked her to share a little bit about that, that trip with you. Uh, she's got a slideshow that she's going to play, and, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into her time when she shares with you. So thank you. everybody for um, being here today and for letting me speak to you. I just want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart who gave and prayed and supported me. I'm going to try to not growl through this whole thing. But um, you don't know how much that means to me to have a church that supports and loves missions, local and global, and that's what we're all about. And I'm so thankful to be here. So I just have a few pictures that I want to tell you about and talk about a little bit about my trip. I know a lot of people have been asking, so I wanted to just share and let everybody know the awesome work that God had done and um, some things that had happened on the trip. I should put up the first picture. So this is just our campsite. When we go, we camp in these tents, and we shower out of a bucket, and it's really fun. It really is, I promise. And... So I just want to show you a picture of the campsite. We camped under this beautiful, these massive trees, and um, it was just really pretty. And the next one's a video I want to show you guys. This, it is raining so hard. I've never seen it rain like this in my life. raining season in Tanzania right now. I didn't know that. I wasn't prepared, but all of the, it just rained like that constantly. It was, it was funny because our tents would leak and we'd have to, you know, patch them up and stuff. That was one of the adventures. And then you can play the next one. The next adventure was we had to cross these rivers and streams to get to our mission point, the church we were working in. And so I don't know if you can tell in this picture, but I had just fallen in the mud, and my purse was all wet and stuff, and so that was pretty fun, but the whole way was like that. We were just walking through water. It was, it was pretty crazy. You can play the next one. Uh, where, where, I don't know. <laughs> 
the church that I was working with and I've never seen people worship the way that they do they don't have anything they're just in a mud um, little room and they don't have instruments or benches to sit on and they sing like I've never heard before and they're there it's just true worship and I hope everybody can experience something like that one day this was our pastor that I was working with. And after we had walked through all of the rivers and I was so muddy, it was like covered up to my knees in mud. And we get to the end of walking through all the water and he didn't speak, he's, they speak Swahili, so he didn't speak any English, but he motioned for me to put his shoes on. Those are his shoes. And he told me, he motioned for me to stand on the side of the bank and he stood in the river and washed my feet. And I don't think I've ever been so humble in my life before that he would do that for me. That's just the true picture of being a servant and what it means to really serve Christ. I don't think there's a better picture of a Christian than this picture right here. So you can go to the next one. So what we do while we're there is we uh, we break up into teams of translators, two Americans, two translators, and the pastor of the area that you're working with. And we go just door to door or hut to hut and share the gospel through the Evangel Cube. And um, so afterwards, we try to disciple them too because, you know, it's not just about accepting Christ. We need to, we try to tell them about some stories and help them to learn. And then they get plugged in with the pastor there. So this is a picture of us doing. Um, I'm teaching them about Zacchaeus, and they're so, they just soak up all of the knowledge that you can give them. Anything that you say, they're just hanging on every word, and they ask questions, and they just say the most um, wise things. And some of the questions that we ask are, like, what do you like about the story? What do you not like? So they can be interactive with the story. And one of the things that they said, this group of people said about the story of Zacchaeus was that, they loved how Jesus went to the tax collectors, to the people who the, weren't the religious leaders who were nobody that were looked down upon in society. And that was a frequent answer that we got about Zacchaeus. I thought that was just really cool that, that they know that Jesus came for the sick. You can go to the next one. So this, the first day of ministry, we were there. We... Stop. We pull over. We weren't to the place we were going yet, but one of the translators wanted us to go to this house, and this is an altar of trash. They just they just piled the trash here, and there is a lady who they think is a prophetess and can speak to their ancestors and 
kind of to Satan too. They like worship Satan and their ancestors. So she sits on this altar of trash every day, all day long. She can't cut her hair or go anywhere. She just sits there and she doesn't speak to anybody unless she wants to. And that's very, very, very rare that she speaks to anybody. And people gather here to worship Satan and to worship their ancestors. There was, I think they said in a couple months ago, there was over a thousand people that gathered here at this altar to worship Satan and their ancestors. So I was trying to see if we could talk to her and share the gospel with her. And as soon as we approached her, she ran and went, you can see her house in the background there. She ran into her house and wouldn't speak to us. But a crowd had gathered around us because we're white and don't see a lot of white people there. So they were like, what are you guys doing? And so we got to share the evangel key with them and tell them about Jesus and the gospel story. And they were just so interested. And there was one um, man who was really, really interested. And he was asking questions and wanted to know more. And he ended up accepting Christ. And we taught him how to use the evangel cube so that he could go and tell other people. And instantly, two people walked up, and he shared with them, and they accepted Christ. So come to find out that he is the grandson of this prophet lady. And he was being trained up to take her place as the prophet of this area and to talk to their ancestors and worship Satan and all that. Um, so it was just really cool that we got to share with him and he that his life is totally different now. And so we went back to her house a couple days and tried to get her to talk to us. But she never did, but we prayed around the property and around her house and she was watching us the whole time. Um, so I'm just praying that her grandson can be an impact on her. And the whole time that we were sharing the gospel right outside of her house, she was yelling at us and at her grandson and all the people there not to accept Christ and did not listen and to go away. Um, and I actually got an email update on his name is Hassan, on the grandson. And um, he's being persecuted in his village now because of Jesus. And um, they're threatening to disown him if he doesn't denounce Christ and um, maybe even kill him. So I really want us to be in prayer for him. His name is Hassan in um, Mangola, Tanzania, and um, that he would just be strong and be able to make a difference there. I think the next picture is, that's, that's him right there, right after he had accepted Christ. So throughout the whole trip, we had 1,300 people who heard the gospel. And most of those people were for the first time. There was so many people who had never heard the name of Jesus, who had never um, been to church or known of any type of hope. That they they're just they were just sad and down all the time, thinking that this was just their life. And when you get to tell them the story of hope and how there's that they have a savior and they can be forgiven, their faces are just light up. And there was one man. We were in somebody's house sharing the gospel, and he came around the corner and looked in and we invited him inside and we shared the gospel and went through all that and he accepted Christ and he said I don't know why I even walked this way my fields are the opposite way but I felt a voice telling me to come here and now I know why and that's because of Jesus and now I know him and he said two days ago I was planning to kill a man because they were in an argument 
And he said, and now I found Jesus and I know the hope I have in him. And we had just countless stories like that. And so 1,300 people heard the gospel and um, 750 accepted Christ. But the greatest thing to me is that we had five new church plants. So areas that didn't have any churches, no way to learn about God. Um, There's five new church plants with pastors who were trained, who um, went to a type of seminary school. And um, so they're able to now continue the work that um, happened in December and just keep going and keep telling people about Jesus. Um, So again, I just thank you to everybody who who prayed and supported, and I just want you to know that it really makes a difference, and these people would not have been able to hear without people going and giving and praying and um, supporting. So thank you, guys. Wait just a second, Kayla. I'm going to pray for Hassan right now. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for Kayla and her commitment to go. Lord, as you've called each and every one of us to go and to share your gospel, to share your good news with those that have never heard the name of Jesus, with those who have never uh, heard that there is hope, that there is salvation that can exist for them, God, I pray, Lord, for those people, that word would continue to go out. Lord, it would go out through those people that have heard the message. God, it would continue to spread like wildfire. God, I thank you, uh, Lord, for those that have been called to go. Lord, I pray, Lord, for Hassan. I pray that he be a light for you and for your kingdom. Lord, I know, God, I know that his life has been changed by the gospel. And, Lord, I know that he can have an impact on your kingdom, God, through just telling people what, what he's been told. God, giving them hope. Lord, I just pray for his safety. God, I pray that not that he not come under persecution because we know that that is a sign of health. God, we know that that is a sign of, of a healthy gospel. It's one that is persecuted, God. But I pray, Lord, that you, you keep him whole so that he may be able to preach your gospel. Lord, and I pray for his grandmother, God, the, the prophetess that is there to, to pray to Satan and to pray to the ancestors. God, I pray that her life is transformed by her grandson. God, I pray that as he shares that good news with her, she finds hope and she finds the reason for her life, Lord. Father, thank you so much, God, for this precious gospel. Thank you so much for our privilege to be able to share it. I pray that you are glorified through all of our desires, God, to, to make the name of Jesus known. Lord, thank you so much for Kayla and her heart. In Jesus' holy, precious name I pray. Amen. We are in a uh, series right now called Regifted. And the idea behind this series is that you're given certain gifts when you're born. You have certain abilities. Uh, some of you um, are really fast can run really fast, some of you can jump really high, some of you can speak really well, some of you can uh, do some great things. But when the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, God re-gifts you. He gives you additional gifts, uh, abilities beyond what you can currently do. They're supernatural gifts, if you will. We read about those in Romans chapter 12, and we talked about how if God has given you these gifts that you're required to use them. God has gifted Kayla through his Holy Spirit, with the ability to tell people about Jesus, but more so he has given her a burden to tell people about Jesus. And that is a burden that each and every one of us should share uh, because when the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, you can see the transforming power of the Holy Spirit and what it does in your life. And if you love Jesus and, and you're committed to following him, then you have no other 
mindset besides to say, I have to tell other people about this transforming power that exists in the name of Jesus Christ. If your life has truly been transformed, if you have seen the power of God in your life, then you will have a desire to tell other people that they need the same thing in their life. It is so powerful and so overwhelming, you won't be able to resist that. And this is what we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We see the church is kind of bickering back and forth about who they're supposed to follow. Supposed to follow Paul or Peter or Apollos? Who are we supposed to follow? And Paul starts to get on them a little bit here and say, you don't need to follow me, you need to follow Jesus. I've just laid a foundation. It doesn't matter who's up here preaching to you, telling you the word of God. What what matters is Jesus Christ. And we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 10, it says this. We have to start here. I mean, it's the logical place to start. It says, because of God's grace to me. If you can find no other motivation in your life, if you can find no other reason, then you need to look at God's grace to you in your life and see how God has poured out his forgiveness and his mercy on you in spite of everything that you've done that is despicable in the eyes of God, all the ways that you've broken God's heart, all the ways that you, you, have, you have actually broken God's heart over the things that you have done to think that God would forgive you so much so that he would send his son to die for you. If you can't concentrate on anything else, concentrate on that. And that will drive you. That will motivate you. That will, that will bring you to use those gifts that God has given you for his glory and for his kingdom. And, and the purpose is his kingdom. The, the purpose of those gifts is so that we can pour those gifts out to bring other people into his kingdom. That's the reason once you put your heart and you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ that you still continue to come here. That you still continue to come and hear the word of God and you choose to be discipled and you, you choose to, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is the reason. Now, otherwise, once you got saved, once you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you'd go sit in your house and sit on your beanbag and eat Cheetos all day. There, there's a reason why. And the reason is that you're to use those gifts to pour into other people. That is what it boils down to. It's not complicated. It, it's, it really is simple. We've made it complicated, haven't we? We've said, well, you know, yeah, I believe that God has gifted me, and I believe that God has, has poured supernatural power into me, but I still don't know if I'm capable, right? We've got all those thoughts of doubt, and we go, well, I, that's not really for me. I'm not really called to go to Tanzania, Africa. Let me tell you something. You may not be called to go to Tanzania, Africa, but you may very well be called to go to Weaver or Mumford. You may be called to go to Glencoe or Boston, Massachusetts or Los Angeles, California. You are called. You are called by God to go and tell and to use those gifts for his glory and for his kingdom. Because of God's grace to me, that's where Paul is like... (laughs) I have laid a foundation like an expert builder. Now, he's, he's not saying that, that, that he's an expert builder. He says he's like an expert builder. <laughs> we know who the expert builder is, right? We know who the, the great architect is. His name is Jesus. He says, I've taken this foundation and I, I've built it on Jesus Christ. He goes on to say that and point that out. Now, others are building on it. These people are doing the same thing I've done is what Paul says. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. He says, okay. Pay attention to what you're doing. He says, 
For no, for no one can lay a foundation on uh, a foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. He says, don't try to build it on anything else besides Jesus Christ. There are some people trying to build it on, on their own abilities, what I can do. And, and what, I, what, I'm, what, I have, what I have the ability to do on my own apart from Christ. Now, some people have, have tried to build it on a foundation of, well, we want to have the biggest and the best and, and the prettiest and, and we want to have a basketball team that represents it and all this other stuff. And they forget that the foundation is supposed to be one thing and that is Jesus Christ. You see, I believe that sometimes we get things so complicated and layered on top, on top of each other that sometimes we miss the point that it's on Jesus Christ. That is the reason, just so you know, in case you're wondering about Simple Church, our website, just in case you're wondering, is simply aboutjesus.com. Because God laid that on my heart that, that this church is to be about nothing else. Uh, there are lots of churches doing a lot of other things, but here at Simple Church, we're simply about Jesus. His kingdom and his glory reach, teach, and serve because that's what Jesus tells us to do. The foundation is Jesus Christ. If you're trying to build it on something else, it's just going to fall. It's just going to crumble. It's, it's going to sink. It's not going to hold up. It's not going to stand the test of time. Now, you, you see some success with people who try to build it on other stuff. And, and yeah, they're successful for a while, but what I want you to look at is generation over generation over generation. Is it truly successful? Is it truly doing what God's called us to do, which is make disciples? That's what I want us to be about. If you make disciples, if you pour into other people like God has commanded us to do, I believe that it has a lasting impact beyond just your life and your kids' life. I believe it's your grandkids and your great-grandkids and your great-great-grandkids that have this thing that's imprinted in them, which is this discipleship of Jesus, if it is passed down, if we continue to do what God has called us to do. And here Paul's telling them, man, you, look, it's not me. I'm just trying to build a foundation like the expert builder, like Jesus Christ. He says, he says we have to build it on Jesus Christ. You remember when the disciples were talking to Jesus and Jesus asked them an important question, right? He asked them the same question that at some point God's probably asked you, who do you say that I am, right? So he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And he's like, well, they say, well, some, of you, some think that you're a prophet, some think that you're Elijah, uh, you know. And Jesus goes, so well, that's great, that's wonderful, that's fine and dandy what they say. Who do you say that I am? And who do you say that I am? And, and Peter looks at him and says, so you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus goes, exactly. And that is the rock. That is the foundation on which I will build my church. He wasn't talking about Peter. He was talking about who he is and the fact that he is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. And that's the foundation. If we miss that, we miss everything. The reason Kayla went to Tanzania, Africa, was because of Jesus Christ. Some people get all wrapped up in other stuff, and they say, well, I, you know, I, I, I think I should go, and I th blah, blah, blah. You know, Kayla went because of Jesus Christ. When I went to Haiti, it was because of Jesus Christ. She got to, 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 to witness this grandson of a prophetess to, to tell him about Jesus. He came to know Jesus. I can remember in Haiti, we were walking around, and I, could, I, I was kind of just milling around, and people had gone off. We were in this village, and they were going off to different places, and they were witnessing to different houses and stuff, and I'm walking up the road, and I just stopped dead in my tracks, and I turn around, and I go back up the road the other way. I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me there. And I go up the road, and there's an argument going on. There's these, uh, these people on our team, and they're, they're talking to these guys, and I can see that the interpreter, who is a Baptist preacher, 
is actually in a little bit of an altercation with this guy. And I don't really know who this guy is, right? So I go up, and I'm just listening in. I'm just, you know, what's going on here? And sure enough, one of the guys comes up and whispers in my ear. He goes, well, the, the Baptist preacher, he's in an argument with this guy. It's like, why is, why is he in an argument? He said, because he's a witch doctor. I said, he's a what? And he's a witch doctor. Okay, well, this ought to be interesting. So I, 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 I like, and I, I, told, I told the interpreter, I said, hang on just a second. I said, I want you to tell him what I say for just a second. I said, I'll just forget about your argument because what had happened is there was this pastor that had come into the area and he was, he was kind of forcing things on the people in that area, telling them, well, you need to get married this way, you need to do this and this and this. He was trying to shove the gospel down their throat is basically what was happening. And I said, let's, let's cut out all that. Let's, let's not make it so complicated for a minute. I said, I said, you tell him what I'm saying. And I get down this close to his face. I kneel down and I look at him and I said, God loves you. Jesus Christ died for you. And that, hey, you could see the tears welling up in the man's eyes, a voodoo witch doctor. And I told him God loves him and Jesus Christ died for him. And you see this voodoo witch doctor welling up with tears in his eyes. And I said, I said, I'm not perfect. I said, neither, neither is the pastor that came into your village. He's not perfect either. I said, but there is one who's perfect. And his name is Jesus, and he died for you. I said, we're going to give you a Bible, and I want you to tell other people that. And the guy was overwhelmed with emotion, and he shook my hand, and he looked me in the eyes, and he just said, thank you. Through, through the interpreter, he looked at me and said, thank you. You know what people need to hear? People need to hear that God loves them. People need to hear that Jesus died for them. People don't need all the complications that come with that. That's the work of the Holy Spirit that will happen once the Holy Spirit comes to live with inside them. The Holy Spirit will be the corrector. He'll be the one that guides them and leads them and shapes them and molds them. That's not our responsibility. Now, are we to tell them what the Word of God says? Absolutely. Are we supposed to compromise on the Word of God? Never. But what I will say is this, is when you're trying to tell people about Jesus, don't overcomplicate things, just keep it simple. That God loves them and Jesus died for them. And when God comes in to live inside your life, when he comes to dwell in your heart, that he'll change you. You need to read his word and see what it says about how that is to happen. That's the foundation. That, that, that's the foundation. That's it. That's, that's, what Paul, that's the foundation Paul laid because it was a foundation of Jesus Christ. If you're trying to build it on anything like anything else, it's going to crumble, it's going to fall, it's going to dissolve, it's not going to hold up, it's not going to stand the test of time. How are we to build? Because we're builders too. Paul was a builder. Apollos, Peter, they're builders. We, we are builders just like they are, right? It says if anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, Fire will reveal what kind of work each one has done, each builder has done, each, each, each person has built. The fire will show the person's work has value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone who barely escaped, escaping through a wall of flames. Now, that may sound complicated to you. Let me break it down for you. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are saved. You're going to, in the final days, when Jesus returns, you will be in his kingdom. No question about that whatsoever. 
But there's another judgment that comes where your works will be tested. I want you to understand this. This is, this is critical. This is where God says, those gifts that I gave you, what did you do with them? How did you use those gifts that I poured out into your life that was supernatural? What did you do with them? Did you use them for my kingdom? Did you use them the way the Holy Spirit was leading you to use them? Or did you not? He says some people build with hay or straw. When they're building houses, the straw will be used with the mud to make make bricks and they'll be able to make walls and stuff like that and the, the hay would be used for the, the top of the house to, to shed off the rain and all that kind of stuff, right? And some people are doing that. Some people are using the gifts and they're just getting by and they're going, yeah, I'm using them, but it's like, it may not be the best way possible, but I'm, I'm using them. I don't know about for you. I, I don't, I don't want to build with mud and hay and straw because it says that that stuff's going to be consumed. It's going to be burned out. There's a lot of people doing stuff, okay? A lot of people think that, that activity equals productivity, and that's not necessarily the case. Just because you're doing something doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. For me, I want to be building with gold and silver and precious jewels. Man, I want to be using that stuff that's going to hold up. It's not going to be burned away. It's not going to be cast away. It's just going to, it's going to stand there over the test of time. God tells us, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, he says, he says, Where's your treasure? He asked them. We're going to put that verse up on the screen. He says, he says, where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. Don't, don't lay up treasure here. On this earth, don't lay up treasure where moths come and, and, and destroy it or, or, or rust comes and destroy it or thieves come to steal it and take it away. Store up your treasure in heaven where moths can't destroy it and rust can't deteriorate it and thieves can't come in and steal it. He says, for where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. It, 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 that's your motivations, the things you would do. If your heart is on the things of God, that's where your motivation will come from. It'll be on doing these things that will last, that will stand the test of time. And God's going to judge those. He really is. Now, I want you to understand something about this judgment. It, it says that, that if you're saved, you're saved, and you're inside the kingdom, and that is wonderful, and that is fantastic news for all of us because we are wretched sinners, and it is glorious that God would save us like that. He says, but some people are building. With these gifts they're giving them, some people are building. Some people are, are trying to, on this foundation that has been laid, they're trying to, to build up stuff. My question to you is, are you building? Are, are you taking the gifts that God has given you and started to, to build walls, to, to, to do things that glorify God, to do things that have fruit in your life? Are there people around you and you can point to and you say, there's evidence that I'm starting to build. Are, are, are there things going on in your life? And you can say, you can see that right there. That is physical evidence that because God exists in my life and the Holy Spirit is transforming me and moving me with my heart fixed on Jesus Christ, you can see evidence. And now let me tell you something, okay? Let me set the record straight. Kenny is not preaching a works-based salvation. The Bible doesn't teach that. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But it says, goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has already set before us. He's already got a plan for the things that we should do, that we are to only walk in them. We're to do those things. We're to start being builders. So my question is, if you are a builder, if you're building, what are you building with? Are you building with hay or straw? Things that will be consumed by fire? Or are you building precious stones with gold, with silver, those things that can test the flames. They can, they can, they can stand the test of the flames. They can, they can hold up. They can, they can stand strong. 
We're to be builders. We're to be builders with the right kind of things. It says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? That the Spirit of God lives in you? This is what we've been talking about, right? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Now, some of the commentators would tell you that this passage doesn't necessarily mean what I think that it means, okay? When you look at this whole passage in its context, I can't help but to think when it talks about storing up treasure in heaven, when it talks about building, when it talks about using the spiritual gifts that God has given us, I can't help but to think about, it must be talking about the souls of men, the souls of men and women that live on this earth, I believe that that is what God, I believe that's what Paul is talking about. He's saying that you're to be investing in treasure that you can lay up in heaven. What's the only thing that's going to be in heaven? It's not going to be your car, your house, or how much money you got in your wallet, or what your checking account looks like. There's going to be souls in heaven is what you're laying up treasure in heaven for. So why are we wasting time doing all these other things? I'm not saying that you can't do them to survive, but the mentality of your brain and the the, the conviction of your heart should be so that you can win souls to Jesus. God has blessed you, not only financially, he's blessed you with spiritual gifts for this purpose. And that is why at this church and what we're going to be about is about reaching people for Jesus. And I don't care if it's down the road or over in Tanzania, Africa, or if it's in Thailand or North Korea, I don't care. We're going to do it. We're going to be convicted about it, and we're not going to let it lay down. We're going to continue to build because Jesus tells us to build. He says, don't you realize that you're a temple of God, that the Spirit of God lives in you? He says, God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. You know that there are people, this is hard to believe, there are people trying to thwart the plans of God. There are people trying to slip in and destroy what God's doing. There may be people in your life where you're, you're trying your ve- very best to do things for God. You're trying your very best to honor God and win souls for Jesus. But there are people around you that are trying to thwart that plan. They might not even recognize it. They might not even know that that's what they're doing. All they know is that, that, that they're, they're doing something and, and they're around you and, and they don't even recognize that Satan is using them to upset what God has already placed in your heart. Now, for some of you, that may be doubt. Somebody close to you may be planting doubt in your mind. They may be corrupting you in some way. That may be something else that's going on. They may be trying to convince you that you're not capable, that you shouldn't be doing this, that it's a waste of time. You say, man, that's hard to imagine that that happens all the time, and you know it as well as I do. As a matter of fact, Jesus had 12 disciples, and one of them was trying to do that. He was trying to thwart the plans of God. He was trying to upset the pattern. And what happened? What, what he intended for evil, God used for good. See, Satan thought that he had invaded uh, Judas and, and convinced him to, to, to mess up the plans and Jesus was going to die. Well, what he didn't realize is that God had the whole thing rigged and what his plan was is that when Jesus died, he would die for all of us. It's amazing the way God works, isn't it? But it's all dependent on your obedience, your willingness to build, your willingness to use those gifts that God has given you for his glory, for his kingdom. So I, I, I'm not going to preach, you know, a 40-minute sermon this morning because we had Kayla share a little bit, but I, I want to ask you this question. It's the same question we've been asking through this, this whole series of Regifted. The question is, will you? We've, we've built that question up, will you? God has gifted you. He's given you the, the abilities and the talents 
with supernatural abilities, and your question that dwells on your mind, and hopefully what will be dwelling on your mind all week this week is, will you? Now, for some of you, the question goes a little deeper. You say that I am. The, question, the answer to the question, will you, is yes, I am. I'm building. My question is, what are you building with? Is it just hay, straw, these things that can be consumed by fire? Or is it things that will last? Are you pouring into souls? Is there souls being changed because God's gifted you in a way that you can, you can use his power to transform somebody? Are you doing activity? You think you're good because you're doing activity. You think you're, you're pleasing. All that stuff's going to be consumed by fire, and all that's going to be left is, is how many souls did you impact? Where is your treasure really? What, what are you really pouring into? I, I know lots of people, lots of people that, that do stuff in ministry, and really they're just activities. They have nothing to do with the central purpose, the, the cornerstone, the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. You know why I, I felt God laying this on my heart to do this? It's to get rid of all the other stuff and just build with silver and gold and precious jewels. I felt like sometimes that we were doing so much stuff and had all these activities that were filling up our calendar. And I, I said, God, I don't want to do that. I just want to do what's central to your kingdom and your gospel. And God said, all right, buckle up. You signed up for it. Just know that it ain't going to be easy. And it hasn't been easy, just so you know. And yes, there are people that try to thwart the plans of God and try to upset things and don't let them come to fruition. But you know what? I'm not looking at those things. I'm not, I'm not looking at, at what's happened. I'm not looking at the people that have come against me, the things that have been said, all that kind of garbage. You know what I'm looking at? Treasure in heaven. Not right here. I don't care about right here. I mean, I care about you guys, but only because you have souls that hopefully will one day be in heaven. That, that's my purpose. That's what it boils down to. So are you building? If the answer is yes, what are you building with? Is it central to God's plan or is it just fluff? Is it just extra stuff? Because one day God's going to look at it and just say, does it hold up? Does it hold up? Does it, does it stand the test of fire? Does it stand the test of the flames? Yeah, you can escape right through there and go, yeah, I trusted Jesus with my soul and he saved me. And, and you'll be like one who just escapes right through the flames. And that's glorious and wonderful. But for those of you that choose to build, for those of you that say, I believe that God's called me to something greater, are you building? And what are you building with? Let me pray, and then we'll have a time for you just to respond to God. Let him speak to you. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this word. Thank you so much for the fact that we understand through your word, Lord, that, that God, what we're building will be tested. It will be tested by fire. God, we, we know that we're to be builders, and sometimes we build with with hay or straw or these things would be consumed by fire. But God, I pray that we'd be people that build with precious jewels. God, we'd be people that build with gold or silver. God, we want to be people that, that carry this gospel for generation to generation to generation. God, that we'd make the cornerstone be Jesus Christ and we don't try to build it on anything else but that. Lord, I know that you convicted some hearts here today. God, there's some people that aren't builders. There's some people that, that are just complacent with just being still and being where they are. God, I, I know that you convicted their hearts that they need to be builders. So, Lord, I pray that you continue to burden their hearts. God, I pray that they wouldn't be able to sleep at night. God, as you, as you continue to burden their hearts, I pray that they would have to do something. A burden is where we get to the point where we have to do something about it. God, and for those that are builders, Lord, I pray that they would examine how they were building, what they were building with. God, are they truly pouring into souls that will stand the test? 
And maybe there's somebody here, Lord, who is who finds themselves, God, they've had their eyes open to the fact that they're they're on the other end. God, they're they're trying to thwart the plans of God and and they didn't even realize it, but maybe you've opened their eyes to it today. God, however you need to stir hearts and convict people and change people, God, I pray that you would do it through the power of your word. Father, thank you so much for this time to hear from you. I pray that you've been glorified. God, we love you. This time belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody please stand.